Welcome to Fine Laws Don't Judge Me, the show about the law in real life. I'm Laura Temme. I'm back from, I don't know, whatever Andy said I was doing. It was probably a lie. I wasn't doing anything. It was just a staycation. What did I, oh, I said you were base <laughs> jumping. That's right. Oh, great. Okay, cool. Something I'm too terrified to ever do. I'm also joined by Andy Leonetti. <coughs> <laughs> oh no who hopefully will live through this <laughs> and joe fawbush do you want to start no, I, over no that's funny because <laughs> okay, I, right. I was out with covid okay. so i well i didn't know if you wanted me to say that you were out with covid or not i don't care oh okay but let's keep it rolling here yeah we took a little bit of an unplanned hiatus due to our man andy being taken out by covid for a little bit Glad to have you back. Glad you're feeling laid better. Low and uh, shout out <laughs> to Thomson Reuters for our for our generous COVID leave policy <laughs> that I finally actually yes. was able to use. Not that I wanted to use it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've just yeah, been waiting. You make it forever. sound like you just. But I did oh get to boy. watch a lot of movies. <laughs> Uh, did any of them star Johnny Depp? Oh, you beat me to it, Joe. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay. I stepped on your touchdown call. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. That's all right. No, they didn't. <laughs> well, okay. So, but yeah, but backing up for a second, we're... So, all right. Everybody's already been talking about the, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial that took place this spring um, and recently wrapped up. So we, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about it. We're going to do a little bit of a postmortem here of why why this case turned out the way it did, why it might be different from other defamation cases. Where I and look, okay, I have one thing that I want to say before we really like get into the case itself. So when this trial started, I had no idea of the details of this couple's relationship. I knew that she had accused him of abuse and that was likely why he lost his role in the Fantastic Beasts franchise. And that was about it. And then all these conflicting accounts of events start coming out. And the one thing I want to say, (laughs) my feeling about it before the trial, and now I maintain this after, is that no matter how this was going to turn out, it's not going to be good for people, mostly women, but nonetheless, people who endure domestic abuse. Because if Johnny won, people would suddenly have this person that they could point to and say, well, Amber lied, so maybe other people are lying too. And... If what Johnny was saying was true and he lost, it just feeds into this idea that men cannot be victims of domestic abuse, which they can. And so, my, yeah, my my soapbox moment for this episode, I guess, is that we, we already see a lot of survivors of abuse threatened with defamation. And here we saw that playing out. So no matter what, there is a good chance that this is going to have a chilling effect on people reporting abuse. And that part I am not OK with. Yeah. Um, that pretty much summed up mine, except I'm going to go, I'm going to go even (laughs) further and say that I think it's, I worry that this is a bad omen for free expression in general. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So with that, I will, I can get into that later. This was an odd, this was an odd thing to watch for me. Yeah. Especially as, as someone (laughs) who doesn't know this stuff very well, uh, especially defamation stuff. I mean, I know some of the conventional wisdom on defamation and proving cases and how hard it is and stuff. And this just kind of turned it all on its head for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an interest. I mean, it is an interesting case. There's no getting around that. And it's, I, and I'm sure the truly just outrageous details of this case 
on top of the people involved being being people who are famous, just kind of propelled this to be such a huge such a huge thing. So hopefully we can shed some light on the the legal aspects of it. I am not going to do a play by play of poop gate or any of the other <laughs> crazy stuff that went on in this case. I mean, or, I, or bottle. And I guess the one thing I will say is or, that like, or, or whatever it was. I, yeah. Or I, I was just yeah, here for the celebrity goss. So I know, I, I know. I and know what we're doing. like we, well, and we can talk about it a little bit because, and the one thing I wanted to comment on is that the, the reason why the courts did have to dig into all those details and sort through what Johnny Depp said happened, what Amber Heard says happened is because as we'll get into the truth is defense to libel. So if it, it all really came down to which version of events the jury was going to believe. And so mm-hmm. that was sort of why so many, you know, we had to go through so much testimony and so many of these details was because we had to figure out and so many Instagram and TikTok videos. Oh gosh, yeah, I I didn't so even get many into hashtags. any of that. It's just okay, yeah. So I guess let's see, what should we start with here, guys? <laughs> well, I'd say that people could be forgiven for thinking it was a criminal trial because of all of the evidence that they yeah. went through mm-hmm. and it had that kind of a feeling. But of course, it's not a criminal trial. Laura, mm-hmm. you did just explain admirably why it felt like that and why we had to go through it. But maybe mm-hmm. maybe we can start by just kind of outlining the elements of libel and what Johnny Depp needed to prove in order to win the case. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. So defamation is um, is a civil lawsuit. As we've you know, this is not this is not a criminal trial. This is two people or one person suing the other. And in this specific case, it's one person suing the other and then the other one suing them right back. It's uh, we like to call it a counterclaim. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. So my first uh, question is the, uh, the mm-hmm. dummy non-lawyer here <laughs> is how often do dueling, how often are there, are there, how, Having how, these dueling yeah, defamation how claims? plaintiff versus plaintiff in a, in a courtroom? This doesn't seem that this seems kind of weird to me. It happens quite often, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, not yeah. not just for for defamation. That's a little more unusual, but it will happen a lot mm-hmm. in contract disputes. You know, one party yeah. will say, mm-hmm. "I didn't mm-hmm. get the right widgets," and the other party will say, "You did get the right widgets, and you didn't pay me." And then they sue each other. Mm-hmm. So it, it happens a, a fair amount. Oh, okay. Well. But yeah, you're right. I think I, I this is the first I recall hearing of a defamation case where this And this happens. is probably a lot of people's um, first so, time watching live TV, a jury award damages <laughs> to two different parties, too. <laughs> yeah, it's it, like I said up, up top, it's a really it's a really complicated situation and a really um, an interesting case that I'm sure people are going to be talking about for a long time. So I, yeah, I guess back to the the basics a little bit. So defamation is is a a civil claim, and there are two types. You have libel and you have slander. And a lot of times people will use them interchangeably, but they are not the same thing. Generally, libel is written down and slander is oral. So somebody just says something bad about you. You see libel cases a lot more often, primarily because the the courts tend to take them more seriously because the written word has a little more staying power than just 
me going to Joe and saying, hey, Andy sucks. Um, <laughs> hey. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm d- it's just an example, Andy. I'm sorry. <laughs> of course, now I just did it on the show. So now I get, oh, yeah, now you, Ooh, now you're you, in trouble now. Now you have done it. Now you oh, have done it. Oh, I did it now. Well, okay. You know what? Let's just keep, let's keep riding <laughs> on this train. So based on what I just said, the elements of defamation are you have to prove. So Andy would have to prove that what I just said was that the statement that hurt his reputation was said. He'd have to prove that the statement was false. Easy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The statement caused an injury. So you have to show, um, like in the case of Johnny Depp, he had to show that this cost him jobs, that this cost him something. I was set to be the CEO of Thomson Reuters in a couple weeks (laughs) until you said that I suck. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's a whole nother thing because the fact that I said you suck is an opinion. Um, so I, I don't think you'd have a very successful claim. Um, <laughs> these are these are generally statements of fact. Um, <laughs> but the last element that we t- that we see in the Johnny Amber case is this extra element of the statements being made with quote actual malice, and that is added in because both people involved in this are public figures, and that comes from the main Supreme Court precedent on defamation, which is New York Times versus Sullivan in uh, 1964 which specifically deals with defamation plaintiffs who are public figures. And it created this higher threshold for people who are in the public eye and want to sue for defamation. So essentially, not only do they have to prove that the thing said about them was not true, they have to prove that the person who said it knew it wasn't true and published it anyway, or had a reckless disregard for its accuracy. And since you and I, maybe we are public figures now that we're successful podcast hosts, um, but, but, <laughs> Maybe, but, yeah. but let's say that we're not, let's say that we're not, um, <laughs> right. You, I just have to say, I would just have to prove that I don't suck. Right. Not, but what if you believed that I suck? Well, that's, I mean, that's why it's not a great example is because it is my opinion, <laughs> okay. which yeah. I just want to go on record. It's not my opinion that Andy sucks. I just, uh. You know, and I've really yeah. dug myself a hole here, so I'm just going to keep going. But what if you said it was um, the, the facts? <laughs> you shouldn't have said it wasn't right. my opinion. You, you should have said it wasn't my opinion. I yeah. have the facts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have the facts. Objectively, anybody who looks at Andy would think, this guy sucks, <laughs> and here are the reasons why. <laughs> that would oh that gosh. would still be an opinion. And and um, poor Andy. <laughs> Not not a good opinion. Uh, nobody nobody right into the show. <laughs> no, I'm just, oh gosh, yeah, I really I really got myself into it on on that one. That's, see, this is why I shouldn't improv as much as I do. Uh, <laughs> and I, I will note in the New York Times opinion, the court was talking about public officials, so people in government positions. But later cases expanded that requirement to people who put themselves in the public eye, like celebrities, um, which is why somebody like Johnny Depp. Um, had to prove that element. So, as well. if I, for instance, wanted to say that Johnny Depp seems like a loser manchild who has surrounded himself <laughs> for a long time with people who've indulged him and uh, never told him mm-hmm. that he looks like an absolute clown and that he's not an actual, <laughs> not actually a good musician, and the only reason he gets to act like one is because he's friends with some successful ones. Um, I would be mm. okay. I would be okay in saying that. 
You would. What an excellent hypothetical. An excellent and yeah. detailed hypothetical. <laughs> and say hypothetically, his vests look re- always look really <laughs> stupid. All the necklaces and things around his wrists he wears look really stupid. And uh, yeah, that's that's all just that's all your opinion. So you're okay. You're okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. So moving away from your outstanding hypothetical a bit, Andy. Um, <laughs> There were, these were the actual uh, statements in Amber Heard's op-ed that were under question, that were alleged to be defamatory. So there was the headline of the Washington Post op-ed article, I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath. That has to change. Uh, mm-hmm. The other one was, then two years ago, I became a public figure representing domestic abuse, and I felt the full force of our culture's wrath for women who speak out. I had the rare vantage point of seeing in real time how institutions protect men accused of abuse. Those were the three statements at issue. Um, Mm -hmm. Right off the bat, I noticed Johnny Depp's name is not specifically mentioned. Um, And there are a few other interesting points. So I'm wondering, yeah, can you take us through it a little bit, Laura? Sure. Well, I guess, yeah, like a little, a little of the background here. So Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, it seems, met while filming The Rum Diary in 2009. They got married in 2000. uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, They got married in 2015 and got divorced in 2016. And initially, Amber Heard filed a restraining order at that time as well, alleging that Johnny Depp had abused her throughout their relationship. But then they later released a public statement that they were just kind of parting ways and everything was fine. And then it was two years later that she wrote this this op-ed for the Washington Post. Now, I guess the, the thing I'll say, and this is my personal opinion here, is that based on the documents from both this trial and the UK trial that we'll mention later, is that these are two people who are both deeply flawed and had a truly terrible relationship. And beyond that, I'm not sure if we'll ever know exactly what went on because there are times where things that she says happened don't make sense. And there are times where things that he says happen don't make sense. And then on top of all of this, Johnny Depp is an immensely huge celebrity with a lot of sway over people. So it just sort of, ah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard in a case like this because I don't think anybody's ever going to really know what happened. But it was up to the jury to decide. So like you sort of alluded to, Joe, one of the things that the jury had to decide was were these statements about Johnny Depp at all? Were these Um, defamatory statements. And I mean, I feel like that question was probably pretty easy for them to answer because people knew that the two of them were married. They had a pretty public relationship and public breakup. Um, So the the fact that she was talking about um, being a victim of domestic abuse, I think it was a pretty easy jump for people to make. If we sort of jump back to the New York Times case that I mentioned from the 60s, the, the plaintiff in that case wasn't specifically named in that publication either. Someone doesn't always have to specifically call you out if there's enough information there for you to figure out who it's about. Yeah, making up a pseudonym isn't going to cut it or being right. just vague enough to not mention the name. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily do anything for you. Um, Donnie Jepp. <laughs> <laughs> well, and as we saw with the the one defamation claim that Amber Heard was successful on, sometimes you don't, you don't even have to be the one who, to say it. 
the the statement that the jury found him liable on was actually a statement that was made by his attorney in, in the UK libel case where the attorney claimed that Amber and her friends had staged a domestic dispute and called the cops in, I think, 2016. But because a person's attorney is their, quote, agent, um, someone who's authorized to speak for them, that's why Johnny Depp was being held, um, held liable for that person's statements. Mm-hmm. So the compensation that the jury awarded to Johnny, which all told comes to about $10 million, they, the jury is essentially saying that they don't believe that Amber Heard is a victim of abuse. At, yeah, at least to some extent. I mean, I guess we could talk about like, so when, when Johnny Depp filed his, his complaint, he sued her for 50 million in damages. She countersued for a hundred million. And then the jury award. And I mean, just uh, the whole thing is just so like theatrical and stupid. Um, but so the, <laughs> yeah, the jury, <laughs> like it's all just really dramatic. Um, not that domestic abuse is stupid. Like, it, anyway. So, the, but yeah, the jury awards are much, much lower than that. So, the jury awarded $15 million to Johnny Depp, including $5 million in punitive damages. Which was which, reduced. Yes, because yeah. punitive damages are capped at 350000 in Virginia. So, the judge did reduce that award. Um, and then, yeah, $2 million was awarded to her. So, yeah, it's... And the way that juries come up with... Um, come up with damages is a little, I mean, Joe, I don't know if you have any better insight into this than I do, but it's always seemed like a little bit of a black box to me. Like they just sort of say, okay, we find this person liable and we think that this amount is appropriate. And it's often not what the person asked for. (laughs) Yeah. Punitive damages, of course, are intended to punish the person. That's Mm -hmm. why they're Mm -hmm. called punitive. Uh, And Mm -hmm. yeah, so you will sometimes see juries go a little crazy. You'll sometimes see attorneys ask for insane amounts of money and punitive damages, and sometimes they're Mm -hmm. awarded. But a lot of states do cap punitive damages for a lot of different things, from medical malpractice to defamation to anything. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, it, it it can get quite a bit. But it is also something that... Plaintiff's attorneys really like, and a lot of people who are interested in consumer rights really like to have because it really does mm-hmm. deter companies from undertaking just egregiously bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I wanted to go back really quick, Andy, to what you said, uh, and I think maybe, Laura, you touched on it too, but how this became not just about those three statements that I talked about, but kind of about it as a whole. And really Mm -hmm. why the question was, did Johnny Depp abuse Amber Heard? And why was that important? Because, you Mm -hmm. know, on on its face, it's not necessarily clear that that's the way the trial had to go, right? I mean, if -hmm. you took one statement like, I had the rare vantage point of seeing in real time how institutions protect men accused of abuse. If you just took that sentence, you could just say, okay, is that an opinion? Is that a statement of fact? Who's and it maybe, about? And yeah. And like, is it even about Johnny? We're talking, mm-hmm. we're talking mm-hmm. a, a, a successful Hollywood actress here. Like she's mm-hmm. probably, mm-hmm. she's probably seen some pretty bad men get coddled. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's very true. But I wanted to point out that the jury instructions in this case, asked the jury to look at 
the op-ed as a whole. And oh. one of the ways that Amber Heard's lawyers approached the case was to say, look, if, if Johnny Depp abused Amber Heard even once in any form, whether physical, sexual, emotional, financial, then mm-hmm. Amber wins the case, right? And so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. her team actually kind of approached it like that. And and the, the judge did issue instructions to the jury to consider it as a whole, which is one of the reasons why it became this fact-finding mess mm-hmm. that, you know, involved conflicting yeah. testimony and all these salacious details. It, it, <clears throat> that was the reason why. And, and that's mm-hmm. why it got a little messier than sometimes defamation claims do. Well, and it, and it certainly was a lot different than the than the UK case, which I've referred to a couple times. The, yeah, you might be thinking, is you know, haven't we heard all of this before? And yeah, this Johnny Depp lost a defamation case relating to his relationship with Amber in 2018 over an article. So he sued a newspaper called The Sun in the UK, which called him a wife beater. Classic and British tabloid. Yep. Yep. It is. It's, you know, they, they do their thing. Um, and yeah, I think, and that's something that makes this outcome in the U S especially interesting because historically celebrities have had an easier time winning defamation cases in the UK than in the U S because we have generally stronger free speech protections. So it's already unusual to have two different outcomes like this. Um, but especially to have it sort of flipped where someone wins in the U S and loses in the UK. But one big difference here, and I think the thing that made the biggest difference is that in this case, it was up to a jury to decide on the defamation. And in the UK, it was decided by a judge alone. Well, and and I'll note in the UK case, too, the judge found that 12 of 14 of Heard's mm-hmm. claims of abuse were credible and that he mm-hmm. believed they happened. Yeah, so it's it, it's interesting. And, and then there was also a lot of evidence that the judge did not directly address mainly things that sort of undermined or that were meant to undermine Amber's credibility. And so a lot of that stuff came into the U.S. case, uh, but was not admitted in in the U.K. case. So, yeah, I think those are the two things that mm-hmm. made the biggest difference and led to this these two different outcomes. And I'm getting hung up here on the, the actual malice thing that you guys were talking about earlier, one of the elements mm-hmm. to, to prove a successful defamation mm-hmm. claim, which is that... Essentially, the jury not only believed that these claims of abuse didn't happen or that she wasn't an abuse victim or or at least Mm -hmm. at the hands of Johnny Depp, but also that she knew that to be false. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Correct? Yeah. Yep. And it's hard to overstate what a high bar that is. Yeah. uh, for, For public figures. It's very hard for public figures to win a defamation case on because of that standard, which is why there are, <laughs> I mean, I guess if we wanted to go off the rails a little bit, there are two Supreme Court justices now who want to throw out the, the Sullivan actual malice standard um, because it is so hard to win. Who would those justices be? <laughs> uh, I don't know. One, I one, don't one, know. I'm asking. Yeah. Just asking questions yeah. here. Yep, the first is uh, one of one of our favorites, um, Justice Thomas, who has been side eyeing Sullivan for a long time. The Quiet Man. He wrote a concurring opinion when the court declined to review Catherine McKee's defamation case against Bill Cosby, 
And in that, he called the Sullivan opinion a policy-driven decision, quote, masquerading as constitutional law. And he essentially wants to throw defamation back to the states and let them find the right balance on their own between providing some sort of remedy for people whose reputations have been harmed and encouraging public discourse. Uh, And then he was recently joined by Justice Gorsuch. They both wrote dissents in 2021 when the court opted not to review a libel case brought by the son of an Albanian prime minister. And in that one, Gorsuch kind of suggests that the the actual malice standard just sort of doesn't make sense anymore. He seems to be of the view that this was fine when we had fewer nude sources, but now I've got a quote here because he, he's a good writer. Like, I don't always agree with Gorsuch, but he's a very good writer. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, large numbers of newspapers and periodicals have failed. Network news has lost most of its viewers. With their fall has come the rise of 24-hour cable news and online media platforms that monetize anything that garners clicks. So his argument is just that the yeah the showing showing actual malice doesn't make sense anymore when we've got all of this different stuff um, coming at us all the time. Meanwhile, in in that same case, Justice Thomas again was like, we got to get rid of this thing. And he argued that the actual malice standard, quote, insulates those who perpetuate lies. So, yeah. And (laughs) that's where I'm, that's where I want to go back to what I said earlier at the, at the, at the top of this was just that I don't, I don't know how to see this this verdict as anything but a harbinger of doom for uh, free expression. And I'll say that because mm-hmm. we have, you know, we have tough libel and defamation laws for a reason. Mm-hmm. And that's partly because we have a very strong First Amendment. And mm-hmm. in a situation like this, like controversial events, even... Like, it is very hard for anyone in any situation, like, say, like, a Depp Heard relationship, but anything else, a crime. If you see a crime mm-hmm. being committed, or if you uh, get in an argument with your boss, or, you know, anything like that, it is, uh, but situations that are emotional and fraught, it is very hard to have a perfect understanding of what the actual, quote, truth is. Even regarding mm-hmm. our own actions, we we yeah we go th- as human beings. We jump through hoops to justify our own actions in a certain situation, even when mm-hmm. we acted like a dirtbag or an <laughs> idiot or or whatever. And yeah, I just like it's very hard for me, especially given what the statements were that the, that those statements were regarded to be false and defamatory Mm -hmm. and made with quote actual malice that how can i i don't know how to view like like to me amber heard is entitled to her view that being married to a giant loser scumbag meant that she (laughs) was the victim of abuse in in some way Mm -hmm. then i mean it makes me more like what you were saying laura about domestic violence victims women with far less Mm -hmm. resources than amber heard um with far Mm -hmm. less money but say married to someone with far more resources and can put on a sort of theatrical performance like we saw in the courtroom Mm -hmm. here no offense to johnny depp's lawyer um i worry about what this verdict says well i might be able to walk you off the ledge a little bit okay i could try at least (laughs) i did want to first comment though um johnny depp's lawyer did just get 
promoted. She got made partner. She did. Based yeah. on this case. And uh, mm-hmm. I, th- I think well-deserved. She, she did a great job. Yes, yeah, she did a great job. Yeah. She did. Um, but as far as kind of your point about not knowing the truth, I think it's fully valid. But that is what the jury was tasked with doing their best at trying to discover. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wish more things were were clear for just for my own personal life. I wish I knew what was going on more. <laughs> like, um, but, you know, when you're when you're a member of a jury, they're asking you to say, OK, who do mm-hmm. you believe? What do you think happened? Mm-hmm. We know nobody's perfect. Memory is faulty. But, you know, we need to figure this out. So do your best. And um, mm-hmm. that's what they had to do. So. You you might disagree with them, you might agree with them, but I do think that in future cases, it's still always a matter of fact. It's not a matter of the law. So in situations like this, it's just we, our system of, of justice is such that we have to ask people like you and me to do our best to discover the truth. And I, I do agree that mm-hmm. there are, you know, there there could very well be cultural ramifications, and I'm not really in a position to to comment on that like i i don't know mm-hmm. other than i i 100% echo your comments Laura at the beginning of the episode but yeah i mean i i think this was just a jury doing its best to discover the truth and it's when we start mm-hmm. talking about amending or getting rid of the actual malice standard i think that's when we're talking about are we restricting free speech because mm-hmm. Ordinary people have a lot of opinions on a lot of different things, particularly on celebrities and politicians mm-hmm. and big companies. And, yeah. you know, if you start saying like, hey, you they know. They all I've- suck except Thomson Reuters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, so there's going to be a lot of people giving those kinds of opinions. And if they try to, yeah. and if, you know, if they're just confused and they make a, a statement, you know, without thinking, they just fire off a tweet without thinking are they going to be responsible mm-hmm. for it? So uh, that's where I think we might run into a, a legal issue. Yeah. I, it's just, it's very, it's very hard for me to accept the fact that anyone with any certainty can accuse Amber Heard of not believing what she was saying about, yeah. you know, the, that's it. Mm-hmm. The, 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 yeah. That they've accused her of. It's the part of like, yeah, you've perpetuated a giant hoax against Mm-hmm. against this against poor Johnny Depp as weird as so much of this case was and and as much as people want to poke holes in it it's yeah it's really hard to look at someone who is saying that they've been through something like this and say no you didn't I mean that's that's ridiculous the mi- it's the mind reading aspect of it that I'm yeah with the actual malice standard that I'm kind of mm-hmm. is is what has left me so confused um more yeah. than more than if she said Johnny beat her on a specific day and he did not, mm-hmm. you know, that's, mm-hmm. um, but it's the fact that she thinks she was essentially married to <laughs> a black hole of a person yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and everyone is saying, no, you were not. And we mm-hmm. have 19 billion views of TikTok videos with the hashtag justice for Johnny Depp, you know, to. Yeah, <laughs> to right. Which is, yeah. So, I, yeah, I guess I'll just I'll just echo what Joe said that the, the yeah the jury was given an absolute mess to deal with and, and they had to do the best they could with it. 
you know, do I agree with it? I, I don't know. I can accept. <laughs> I can accept that, and so I, 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 I don't. I don't want to like, you know, we we try and fail a lot of times to like keep you know with our opinions <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> for example, hypothetically, if you were to see a commercial for the cologne <laughs> Sauvage by Dior featuring Johnny oh, yeah. Depp on it and think mm-hmm. anything other than this man is a giant loser, uh, you'd be <laughs> wrong. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, I, knew, I knew you were going to do this, but I just, I'm, but, I'm not even mad. <laughs> but, um, I do, but I just, it's, it's, I can accept what, what Joe, what you're saying about the jury, even though it, this, what, this one has left me scratching my head, I guess. Yeah. Is when I, well, and, and I, I will say juries are also not perfect mm-hmm. too. And, and I think that's sort of what, what I was getting at when I said that, that the UK trial likely came out differently because it was only a judge that juries look at things very differently. And, you know, juries are given their instructions, they're given all the rules, but ultimately they're, they're just, they're people like anybody else. There's a reason mm-hmm. why Joe and I will never be on a jury though. If they see that we're attorneys, they're going to kick us right out mm-hmm. because a lot of times, yeah, yeah the, the jury mm-hmm. is going to go with, is going to go with their gut essentially. And so sometimes it doesn't matter exactly what the, what the rule says, you know, yeah. like we, yeah, <laughs> we entrust them to do this and we hope that like, I don't want to, I don't want to say that, that juries are wrong or anything like that, but it's just that juries are also human beings. And so they're going to, they're just overall mm. impressions of what's going on in a situation are going to come into how they think about a case. Yeah. I, I do want to clarify that, that jurors take their job seriously, even if they don't want to yeah, be there. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I do think reasonable people could find, come to different conclusions based on the evidence. And, you know, I don't know any more than anybody else listening to this podcast what happened. Juries are as capable of discovering the facts as I am, for example. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do think that there's a different approach to a trial when it's a jury trial than when it's just a judge trial. Mm-hmm. You'll see different approaches. And here, I think there were some deliberate strategic choices about making it about Amber Heard's credibility and mm-hmm. uh, that sort of thing that I think is is became the focus for, for a reason. Yeah, I've yeah. got uh, yeah a quote here from Mark Stevens, an international media lawyer who has been cited in a bunch of articles related to this case as just kind of like a expert observer, um, said that what Depp's legal team did is known as a DARVO. It's an acronym for deny, yep. attack, and reverse victim and offender. Um, Mm -hmm. and so he said, and then the quote he said is that we find that Darvo works very well with juries, but almost never works with judges. Well, this is certainly not the last that we've heard of this case. Amber Heard is going to appeal unsurprisingly. So yeah, it'll be definitely something to keep an eye on. And so keep your hashtags um, ready, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. There's a reason I don't go on TikTok. And that's all we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Find Laws, Don't Judge Me. Please subscribe to, rate, and review our show wherever you listen to podcasts. Check the show notes for related content. And if you'd like to contact us, send us an email at findlawpodcasts at thompsonreuters.com.
Everyone needs an estate plan. That's why FindLaw worked with lawyers from across the country and employed Thomson Reuters' industry-leading form automation technology to create affordable, customizable, do-it-yourself estate planning documents. Forms available include a last will and testament, healthcare directive and living will, and financial power of attorney. You can purchase a form individually, or you can bundle all three for a 10% discount. Both individual and couples packages are available. FindLaw's estate planning forms are backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can update your finished estate plan for free for up to a year after purchase. There is no time like the present to start estate planning and get peace of mind, especially when you can do it from the comfort of home and at a fraction of the cost of going to an attorney. To get started, head to findlaw.com, and at the top of the page, click on Legal Forms and Services.